When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving Iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire has a couple great gifts they'd like to give to the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast. One is an Alliance baseball cap and a flashlight. So when it's sunny out, you can not get sunburn on your head. And when it's dark out, you can see where you're going. Just send an email to marketing at axontire.com and they'll send it over to you in the mail as fast as they can. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. Powered by Farm Credit, Ag Direct is built for today's agriculture, simple applications, quick responses, competitive rates, and generous, flexible terms. Ag Direct offers buy, lease, and refinance options for almost all types of used equipment, new and used equipment, non-recourse, and timely funding back to dealerships Plus, sales incentives. No other ag equipment lender works like AgDirect. Learn more about your learn more by calling AgDirect Territory Manager at 888 525 9805 or visit us at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has been accessed to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctional price insights. 
This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks, so Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience to transform how you work today. This podcast is also brought to you by Iron Solutions, powered by Randall Riley. I have Chip Nellinger here from Blue Reef Agri-Marketing talking about what happened in the marketplace. So, Chip, how you doing, bud? Doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Casey. Right. You can see I'm wearing the uh, the uh, very festive uh, blue today. That's so. nice. That's good. That way, no one. Well, if you wear blue on St. Patrick's Day, you no one pinches you. So keep everyone on their toes. That's right. That's right. You can see if they're colorblind or not, and then exactly. You no, know, if they don't pinch you, they're colorblind, so you're good to go. So, so you're good to go. Yep. Tons of stuff to talk about here, man. We've seen a yeah. lot. It's in the marketplace. Whether we're talking about energy, or we're talking about anything in the grains and and what we see happening there so let's start with the grains first let's talk a little bit about what you see happening right now in the grains we saw some extensions in the uh black sea corridor um you know they're out asking today um to get another extension for another 120 days out on that um i guess let's start there what what impact do you think that's having right now a lot of that was already built into the market when this report came out um i guess long term if you see something like this get re-signed for another 120 days on top of what we have here, seems like China's putting a lot of pressure on on Russia to to keep that that gate open as much as they can. I guess what's your response to what you see happen right now, Chip? Yeah, you know, right now it's still uh, very much up in the air. You know, uh, Russia initially said we'll do it 60 days. Some people are speculating that uh, they want to wait and see what the results of the election the upcoming election in Turkey will be yep. to see if there, it looks like there might be a, uh, you know, a new regime put in place there. And so, uh, you know, at least initially the, the hardline stance from Russia was, Hey, we're only going to do 60 days. Uh, obviously the rest of the world wants 120. Um, and so we'll see, I, I think it's less than certain. I, I think that um, the market almost seems like it doesn't care. You know, there's just so much money flow. Um, happening because of all these big volatile swings and uncertainty in the financial markets that it's almost like the fundamentals don't matter much right now. I think they eventually will, um, you know, and, and so, you know, I think the market's looking past that. I, I think that uh, in my mind, the bigger question is going to be what can Ukraine plant, right? There's some estimates. It's yeah. only going to plant like half of what they did a year ago, which was half of normal. Right. And so, you know, it's a train wreck out of Ukraine as far as their spring planting goes. Uh, obviously, Russia would like that corridor open because they've been pumping a lot of wheat out onto the world market in spite of, you know, these sanctions that are out there. They're putting they're putting crude oil out in the market. They're putting, um, uh, you know, wheat. They had a big wheat crop. And uh, so, yeah, they would love that Black Sea to, you know, stay open so they can uh, put more of their products uh, out on the world market, even if it's... Uh, you know, kind of under the radar or, yeah. uh, I don't know the term they use, you know, the, the, the ghost ship that without a, you know, national flag and right. flying under the radar and it's full of Russian products underneath the radar of the sanctions. So, um, that's kind of my take right there. You know, I, if, if I think the market would care if those talks fall apart and Russia says, all right, forget it. We're not going to agree to anything. Then, I think it becomes an immediate big issue, especially for the wheat market. Um, but, you know, I doubt if that happens because it honestly benefits the way I see it. It benefits Russia as much as Ukraine. 
right. um, you know, and lets them put stuff out through that, uh, you know, Black Sea corridor as well. Yep. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, energy. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things hanging in the air right now where we could really see a potential bottom be put into that. And if you look at uh, where we are with the strategic reserves and what the Biden administration said about, hey, once it gets below seventy bucks, we're gonna we're gonna jump on this. We're gonna start making things um, whole again. You know, something about was it five hundred million barrels or something like that? They've taken out their strategic strategic reserve. Right now, West Texas oil is trading at sixty seven sixty four down a uh, dollar and uh, about one percent here, about seventy one cents. Brent crude is trading about seventy three and a half. So. I don't know if they're waiting for Brent crude to get under 70 or West Texas to be under 70. They never really said that. So I don't know which one they're going to pick from, but they're there, I guess. So if you're looking at that and you're starting to think about this, Chip, whenever they start coming back in, that's going to be the low. And then it's going to take off from there. What are your thoughts right now when you look at the energy marketplace? Well, I look at, uh, I think the crude oil market is a good proxy for the world economy. And I think with all these banking fears, both here in the United States and then with Credit Suisse sure, uh, and sure. some bigger European banks, there's this big fear about, okay, are we going to another 2008, uh, this massive global slowdown? And so we've had this heavy selling in crude oil. You know, it's down 10 bucks quickly. Uh, might go down if they follow through and, you know, can get the, the uh, you know, amount bought that they sold out of the strategic reserve. Might go down as one of the better trades in uh, in history, right? Um, kind of like the Keystone Cops, right? They're like, oh, wow, we just you know made twenty dollars on uh, a half a billion barrels of crude oil. You know what a great trade. Uh, if that's a big if, they can uh, get the trigger pulled. Uh, they're probably you know picking away. I would guess, um, you know, at hedges and and you know picking away and kind of buying the the break in here. Um, I think it all comes down to money flow. If there can be some stability in these financial markets and we don't have this massive, you know, hard landing, so to speak, um, there's a lot of things friendly out there to crude oil. Um, You know, you had some news here overnight or early morning um, about China reducing their reserve requirements for banks. China's trying really hard to get their growth um, in gear. And, and, not that, you know, their growth in gear is like our growth on steroids, you know. I mean, they were already growing, but they're really trying, it appears, to uh, get their economy ramped up and and juiced up. And, you know, if they're successful, they're already coming out of the COVID lockdowns. That's a lot of pent-up, um, you know, energy demand in the world. And, you know, if this thing can find a bottom and then rally back, north of where we broke out to the downside from and i put that kind of line in the sand at 80 dollars. that's a long ways from here but um if you see that happen that probably means that we're going to keep going inflation you know probably comes back in in vogue again Uh, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen out here um in in these uh, energy markets also on the flip side of that i think it'd be very bad news if we dip decisively under 60, if we got down into the 50s for very long, I think that's a really bad sign about maybe it is another 2008 type situation and we're coming into this hard landing and global economies kind of season up. So I, I think the crude oil market is important to watch from a lot of standpoints. I always have, and 
you know, I think it's to me just a good proxy for what's the general outlook for the global economy. And right now there's some questions to it. So it'd be nice to see us kind of get back up towards 80. Uh, if we break under 60 for very long and trade in the 50s, I think that doesn't bode well and probably worse things are happening in the economy. Yeah. So that's my next question for that was you start looking at ethanol and you look at uh, biodiesel and those kind of things that are out there, um, the different crush rates and stuff that we see happening. What's your opinion there and how do you see that overly? Because I mean, like you just said, if if we start seeing the price of gasoline go way down, it's hard for ethanol to really, and biodiesel for that matter, to really start come in and start making the profits that they need to make to keep the doors open and keep keep the, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, to keep keep the train rolling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. You know, I mean, that's a, the other thing that we need, the other reason why it's important to keep a close eye on uh, the energy markets, crude oil in particular, uh, is as it relates to this massive ethanol demand that we have built up and this massive, you know, renewable uh, diesel market that we're building. Uh, we just had um, uh, within the last week, a NOPA crush report. And a lot of people are saying, finally, it was a very large number. Um, seasonally it was so there was one less day because it was the month of february um i believe um i believe a year ago was a leap year so we had one less day comparing that uh, normalizing it for the days in the month it was a really big number and so there's a lot of people saying hey you know this is the result of a couple of these plants coming online already and it's only going to get better from here so there's a lot of optimism built up about this uh, renewable uh, uh you know diesel um industry that we're putting out uh, and building up in in a very fast way in the United States. So, you know, all goes hand in hand. And, you know, another piece of the uh, puzzle and another gear in the machinery here is, um, you know, the profitability. Now, in general, soybean crush margins have been very good uh, because meal has taken a leadership role. And so we have still, even though a little break in the market here, relatively high price meal in the $480, $490 um, a ton range. And that's adding some good profitability to crush margins. So the crush side is looking good. We just had uh, this past Wednesday an ethanol report and, and they've been pretty strong. So, you know, I imagine their margins are getting crimped just a little bit, but we've also had a big break in corn prices too. And uh, so that goes in in that mix as well. So definitely something to watch over the longer term. Uh, particularly the the ethanol margins, but so far it looks like we're holding things together both on the crush side and the and the ethanol side. Now, if you you know if you stay under seventy for an extended period of time or break under sixty, you know maybe then we're going to continue to crimp these uh, ethanol margins, and that could result in some problems down the line. And you know you got to remember too in the ethanol industry, there's periods of time where they operate at negative margins right it's not like sure. they just sure. turn the plan off hey we're losing 10 cents a bushel that we put through here uh, turn the key off and shut the lights out right they try to manage through that yeah. and and yeah. there have been periods of time where they have a month to even a quarter where uh you know they're not operating at very good margins yep all right so the uh big news from yesterday was you know african spine fever fever is uh, running rampant again in China. So, uh, of course, we don't know what that means. So, if it's if China's coming out saying like, "Hey, it's yeah, you know, we're kind of concerned," that means that the world's coming to an end. Um, but I guess if you look at you know, so that there's a big 
a big response to that yesterday. We saw limit down hogs have expanded, extant, yeah, expanded trading limits today again. And right now you're looking at hogs trading at 79 cents down 5.25% or about 4 cents. Um, I guess what's your, do you think that was a knee jerk reaction yesterday? Do you expect to see similar sell through today or, or do you, or you, you think this might just be a wait and see what happens type of deal? Yeah, I think a wait and see, um, you know, this just goes to show you that like trading on fundamental news, uh, can put you in the poorhouse, right? I read that story as well. And, you know, initially my reaction is there were some anonymous sources in there. There weren't really any government, um, statements officially. Mm -hmm. And, but the anonymous sources say, yeah, it's pretty, it's maybe not as bad as, as the last go around a year and a half ago, but, uh, it's bad and it's getting worse. And so I read that story. I'm like, Oh, this is going to help support the, the hog market. Right. Because if it's a repeat of last time, you know, we saw the massive demand that China came in for our, um, you know, us pork, but you know, not only did we not get support from that story, we're limited down. <clears throat> I think that has more to do with, um, the funds and the, and the money flow. They were already short hogs. They're piling on to, um, you know, the kind of the momentum trade, the easy trade right now is just keep piling into shorts. You also had a different uh, segments of the of the cutout just implode, particularly the ham market, um, you know, over the last few weeks here has has really taken it on the chin. And we've been for a couple of years had this huge premium of, of deferred contracts and and. The market seemed to have gotten through that, and that has become an excuse why, hey, we got to, you know, just sell this thing. And for once, it was more the back months than it was the the front end. The the April's finally, you know, puked there towards the close, but the heavy selling pressure was on the deferred contracts. And the excuse was, um, you know, this huge premium that we had, portions of the cutout imploding. And, you know, I think also we're seeing some pretty big numbers here um, on on the kill, too. We've increased the kill a little bit. So it just all kind of went into the mix. Now, longer term, if this issue with ASF is um, is a real deal in China, you know, I think that becomes friendly eventually. But it just goes to show you that in the very short run, these markets, case in point is uh, the WASI report, you know, a week and a half ago from the USDA. That was a friendly report. The market got hammered uh, that day. So there's a lot of other things thrown in the mix. Primarily, the, the big red herring right now is the world economy. You know, there are more banks that are going to go under. Uh, you know, when you flip the lights on there's and you see one cockroach, there's a lot more hiding somewhere, right? That's the mentality. And so, especially over this weekend now, people are like, okay, what are we going to see over the weekend? Adds this kind of the stress level. You also have the Federal Reserve next week going to throw an interest rate decision out there in this environment. There's going to be untold amount of, uh, of volatility in these financial markets going to spill over to our grain and livestock markets. I think longer term, this ASF thing though, and hogs, we need to watch that closely because that could end up in my mind being, being friendly. The market seemed to, you know, look past that yesterday and worried more about other issues, numbers cut out and the huge premium that we have in the, deferred contracts but you know personally i don't know that i'd want to be short a huge amount of hogs in here coming into the end of march you know that seasonally a good time frame is usually just ahead of us you know um 
starting in April all the way through summer, July, August. So, you know, I still think you could see some some higher levels than where we're at. Uh, and it's probably a good thing longer term to get the funds, have a big short position built up. And then if we can get some some bullish sparks down the road, whether that's lower numbers, whether that's ASF in China, big Chinese demand here, you need the spark and then you get the funds back on their heels coming out of that position and we can get a nice rally into summer. Um, but it's just not very fun to go through when you look out there and they just, they've just pummeled hogs in the last, I mean, that is a big move in a short amount of time in the hog market. Yep, for sure. All right. So you look over on the cattle side, um, you know, feeder cattle and, you know, fats and everything, they're all staying. Everything's been doing well. What is your concern, if any, um, which I don't know if there'd be much, but, you know, the dairy market has been hammered here of late and you're going to start looking at some, they're sending more uh, cows to slaughter out of the dairy industry. Do you foresee that having any kind of an impact on the overall uh, beef complex, or do you do you think that's just we just we need the animals anyway? Well, I think that's the uh, the the underlying friendly feature of the cattle market is you know two plus years of of drought, breeding stock reduction, and you know numbers are way down. the The biggest thing I see that's potential monkey wrench is. Really, it's two things, but it's kind of wrapped into one. Like, we've already seen our export sales take a little bit of a hit here. So, is the world demand, is the world economy slowing? And that kind of a byproduct of that is domestically, can we see the demand base, um, you know, hold together? So, if the economy is slowing because of high interest rates and we're going into, um, you know, a recession here and worldwide, that could be something that throws us off right because supplies one hand demands the other so even though we've got tight supplies now historically tight supplies um if the demand base erodes quickly you know it doesn't always result in higher prices so i think that's a big thing the market's gonna uh, want to get through in the short run here the next month six weeks something like that typically there's a little bit of a headwind from from some seasonal considerations particularly in the june live cattle contract um, got to kind of make sure that, uh, we can get through that. And, and I think that it's probably healthy to have a little bit of a break here. Like we've seen the excuse has been, you know, what's happened in the financial markets and the, the jitters there. Um, but the funds probably got a little bit ahead of themselves, had a big, long position built up, probably good to shake the tree a little bit and, and have a correction. And I really think this thing still could be good into summer, but you know, it's going to come down to the economy and that's where the focus seems to be, obviously, probably rightfully so with, are we going to start seeing, you know, big effects from the, int the fast interest rate increases? Sure. Are there more sure. banks in trouble? Um, is is the world capital market going to kind of seize up a little bit? Um, there's been some money thrown at it, you know, from different central banks and Federal Reserve and it, it seems like the market, the financial market is, um, you know, maybe a little cautiously optimistic that it's not going to be a catastrophe, but, um, you know, they're not quite fully bought in yet. That's why I think this, this coming weekend and then next week, get the reaction to the market from whatever the Federal Reserve does. And there's a lot of ways to interpret that, right? Are they going to, if they pause, does that mean that there's bigger problems in the banking, you know? 
it's almost like they're back down and they have to raise a quarter of a percent or the market's going to take it as, uh-oh, there's bigger, way bigger problems here. So it's not only what they do, it's what the reaction to the markets, um, the financial markets especially, uh, is. But a uh, lot of moving parts in here. I mean, I, it just is, you got the war, you got this economy, you know, markets kind of, in the case of livestock and grains, kind of forgot about, hey, we got some tight supplies and some different issues in different parts of the world with production. And, and right now, the market doesn't seem too focused on that. Obviously, in the short run, they're more focused on, you know, is there more pain and scary things coming out of the financial sector? Yeah. And there might be some more of those pains and scary things coming out of the financial sector here for too long. So good things to pay attention to. All right, Chip. Absolutely. Good, good stuff as usual. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at, at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way is just call our uh, call our office. It's 309-550-7213. Love to chat with you and uh, talk to you about what your risk management plan is and uh, how to better execute on that. And if there's uh, any evidence as to why you need a plan, the, the last couple of weeks is uh, should uh, should smack us all in the face that uh, we better prepare and have a plan in place. Yeah, that's I think what you just saw right here. It's a good good reason to go out and revise your plan or take a hard look at what you got going on because there's a lot of or develop one if you don't have one <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have one you might you yeah you better get one you better get one It'd be a good time so chip appreciate you being on the podcast man you bet thanks for having me on casey all right on i'm casey seymour with moving iron podcast check me out on facebook twitter and instagram at moving iron LLC. go to linkedin at moving iron podcast and check it out the video version of this over on youtube at moving iron podcast so check that out there for more information about the moving iron summit coming up in nashville tennessee september 11th through the 13th Go to movingironllc.com and you can check out the upper right-hand corner. Click on the Moving Iron Summit and all the information is there for what you need and how to sign up. Also, if you need more information, you can send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. It's going to be some iron. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardware.